to share with you guys just the goodness of God, his awesomeness and his ability to provide for his children. You know, I've seen God's hand provide things in my life, little things, big things that I've needed and I've wanted because we serve a good God. Amen? I want to share this scripture with you in Psalms 113.4. It says, The Lord is exalted over all the nations, his glory above the heavens. Who is like the Lord our God, the one who sits enthroned on high, who stoops down to look on the heavens and the earth? He raises the poor from the dust and lifts the needy from the ash heap. He seats them with princes, with the princes of their people. Amen? We serve a big God, a mighty God. If you just think about this illustration of how he just stoops down low to look at the heavens and the earth. He is so majestic and mighty. And this is the God that we worship this morning. There's nothing too big for him. You are not in any place where God cannot reach out his hand and touch you this morning. Let's praise him this morning with everything that is in us. Let's praise him in every situation that we in. Let's praise him with everything in our soul. Amen. He is worthy to be praised and adored. Let's pray. Lord, we invite you into this place. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would consume this time of worship. We ask that you would meet us wherever we are, Holy Spirit. We ask that you would meet the needs of your people and that you would be glorified here at Metro Praise this morning. We give you glory, honor, and praise, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Come on, lift your hands this morning. Holy Spirit, we know that you're here. Come on. We invite you right now, Holy Spirit, to consume our hearts. Oh, God, consume this time of worship. Come and have your way, oh, Lord. Come on and tell the Lord right now. Lord, come and have your way. Sing the greatest day, the greatest day in the story. At this meeting, you have rescued me. Sing it out, Jesus is alive. A empty cross, the empty grave, but life eternal, you have won the day. Shout it out, Jesus is alive. Come on, we go. Well, he's alive And oh, happy day, happy day You washed my sins away Oh, happy day, happy day I'll never be the same I want to give him praise in this place When I stand When I stand in that place Realize me Face, I am yours, Jesus, you are mine. And this joy and perfect peace, earthly pain finally will cease. We celebrate, Jesus is alive. Well, he's alive. 
day, happy day, you wash my sin away. Oh, happy day, happy day, I'll never be the same. Oh, happy day, happy day, you wash my sin away. Oh, happy day, happy day, well, I'll never be the same. No, no, forever I'm changed. Let's sing it again. When I stand, every voice. When I stand in that place, we're free at last. Sing it out. Jesus, you are mine. Come on, endless joy. Endless joy and perfect peace. Every pain. Is alive. Well, he's alive. Every voice sing it out, saying, Oh, happy day, happy day. You wash my sin away. Oh, happy day, happy day. I'll never be the same. Oh, happy day, happy day. You wash my sin away. Oh, Happy day, happy day. And down there, come on, lift up a shout of praise. We love you, Lord. Oh, forever I'm changed. Only sing. And oh, what a glorious day. What a glorious way. You have seen me and oh, what a glorious day, what a glorious way. You have seen me and oh, what a glorious day, what a glorious name, Jesus. Oh, happy day, happy day, you wash my sins away. Oh, happy day, oh, happy day, I'll never sing it out. And oh, happy day, happy day, you wash my sins away. Oh, happy day, happy day, I'll never be the same. Forever I change. Wanna sing it now? And oh, what a glorious day! Come tell him, what a glorious way. You have saved me, and oh. What a glorious name, Jesus. So you know, happy and oh, happy day, happy day. You wash my forsaken. Oh, you wash our sins away. I'll never be the same. Oh, oh, yes, Lord. 
give him some praise right now. We lift you up, oh Lord. You are high and mighty. Oh, it's such a good day because you're in our lives. Because you take our sin away and you make us new. You clothe us in righteousness. Oh, we're a new creation in you. Come on, give him praise. Oh, yeah. Bless the Lord.
phone and tell them where the is. Join with the angels and declare. Oh, we join with the host of heaven. We sing it. When he is alive, you are holy and holy. Are you Lord God says that the angels in heaven that they praise him that they cry aloud holy 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 is the Lord God Almighty church would you lift your voice right now and tell him that he's holy and tell him that he's worthy oh Jesus worthy is the lamb that was slain for our sins oh we lift you up oh God church. Come on, lift your voice. Don't get tired. Come on. Don't get tired of lifting your voice right now. Break, press through. Come on. We're going to have a breakthrough in this place, and it's going to come when you start worshiping, when you allow the worship to come through your mouth. Come on. You may not feel like it, but God is wanting you to right now. We lift you up, oh Lord. I bless you, God. Oh, come on, bless him. You're worthy. Are you Lord God of my see? You are holy and holy. And are you Lord God of You are 
Spirit, we don't fight against what you're trying to do in this place, God. You're trying to bring us closer. You're trying to bring us closer than what we were before. Come on, right now, with all eyes closed in this place, the Holy Spirit is trying to bring you closer. Bring us closer, Lord. Bring us closer. Make us more like Jesus. Spirit, this is your service. God, we believe that you want to talk to us. We make room right now for you, Holy Spirit. Just right now in your hearts in this time of worship, we're going to take a break from the singing of songs because we believe that God has a word for us, that he desires to speak to his church because he died and he's so intimately in love with us. Come on, Holy Spirit, speak.
Lifted as a sign of surrender. We turn to you, Lord. We bow before you, Lord. The Holy One, oh, the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Burning ones, we are your burning ones. 
church, sing it out. We set our lives apart. We are consumed by you. Come on, let it be the anthem of your heart. Sing it out. We are your burning one. We set our lives, we set our lives apart, we are consumed by you, so let this heart be like a fire, their lives be like a flame, fill our souls with your desire. Let our passion bring you faith. So let this love be like a fire. Let our lives be like a flame. Fill our souls, fill our souls, God. So let this love be like a fire. Let our lives be like a flame. Fill our souls with your desire. Let our passion bring you Hallelujah. At this time, let's continue to worship the Lord. For you are holy, God, and there is no one like you, Lord. Let's lift our hands and surrender to him, offering ourselves as living sacrifices before the Lord. God, use us. We come before you, Lord. For you are a holy God. Church, let's lift up our voices to God, worshiping him, for he is worthy. No matter what we go through, no matter what we face in this life, you are worthy, God. So we praise you, God, through the good, the bad, the hard, the wonderful, God, you are worthy. And we come before you offering ourselves regardless of what we face. Jesus, we choose you. We choose you. We choose to live for you no matter what we feel, God. It is you. You are the way, the truth. You are our hope. You are life, Jesus. And we worship you. You are worthy. Holy Spirit, right now, I just ask that you confront issues of the heart. Hallelujah, Jesus. Jesus, whatever may be separating us from you, I ask that you reveal that to us as individuals, that you would search our hearts, Holy Spirit, and you confront those issues of sin, whether it be hidden or apparent, whether we've been fighting it for years, whether it's something subtle, Holy Spirit, you pinpoint it right now. For Lord, what we truly desire is to be close to your heart. But how can we be if we are being separated by sin? So Lord, I just ask right now that you reveal that sin, reveal the areas, God, we are struggling with. I, I just rebuke all pride in the name of Jesus that we would offer ourselves humbly before you, Lord that you would change us, that we would fully surrender to you, your goodness, your truth, but your power, God, your love that transforms us. So do a work in each of us, Lord. Jesus, hallelujah. As a church, let's take, take a few moments to offer ourselves and um, bring, I would like to call up the Santoyo sisters, Jessica and Stephanie. Um, this week, they lost their 10-year-old brother um, to a sickness. He had been fighting it for some time. 
And um, we would like to pray for their family, for them. And I would like to call up all the uh, elders of the church to surround them. It's time for prayer. All the elders and deacons come up at this time. Jesus. 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 Lord, you know the brokenness that this family is facing. You know. God, you know every hurt, everything that's going through their minds, the brokenness of their hearts. God, you know. Lord, I just ask in this time you would be their peace and comfort, their shelter, their refuge more than ever before. That this wouldn't be a time of doubt, but God, a time of trusting you. A time where they rely on you, they choose to believe. God, that even in their darkest hours, you are still God. Jesus, send that say, Holy Spirit, I ask that you just clothe them in your comfort. You would give them your peace that only you can give, a peace that surpasses our understanding. Jesus, Santa say, Lord, that this family would come to you, God, that they would draw near to you, that those who don't know you, God, those who may be struggling and doubting, I just cancel all doubt and fear in the name of Jesus, that this would be a time, Lord, where they would see your goodness, they would see your truth, your favor, your love, your righteousness, your freedom, even in their darkest hours, God, for you remain faithful, God. Right now, we just come before you and we lift these, these sisters, this family up before you, God. And we ask that you do what only you can do, that you mend their broken hearts, that you would give them peace in their hearts, knowing that their brother is with Jesus, that he is made new with Jesus, that he is free with Jesus, that he is walking liberated with Jesus, in wholeness, in health, with Jesus. Hallelujah. God, you are faithful, and we thank you. We give you all the glory, the honor, and the praise, for there is none like you. And we are thankful that we have a God who is good in our darkest hours, and our hardest times. We are thankful, God, and we come before you in this time. We worship your name. We bless you in your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. All these things in your name, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. body lord you would teach us lord that we would learn from situations like this god to draw near to your heart lord that we even though we want to doubt and we are afraid god we may not understand we can trust in you we would learn what it means to cling to your truth in these hard times that we'd be able to look to you that we wouldn't look to what people may think or say but god we would trust in you thank you father that you are our comfort our shelter jesus Jesus, in the midst of the storm, you are still God. You are still God. You are still faithful. Yeah. 
cry holy, holy are you. My hearts are burning, Thank you for who you are and that even in these times, God, we can look to you to be everything we need. Lord, I just thank you for this body of believers, for your church, Lord, that when things get hard, God, we can stand together trusting in you. For you are sovereign no matter what we face. You are good no matter what we think, God. You are good. We love you. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. At this time. You guys can get seated, get situated. I would also like to dismiss all the children under 10. If there's any children in the room, you guys can head over to your left. You're going to see Danelli over here with her hand up. You can go with her. She'll take you where you need to be. Um, if you would like to turn with me to Romans 3, 23 and 24, I'm going to share a little message with you this morning about the truth, about the gospel. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. This is a very simple scripture, and it says that all have sinned. No one is good in their own, in their own merit. Nobody is, doesn't need Jesus. So the word says, All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We are all in need of being saved. We all fall short. There is not one person who says, I'm good enough. No, I don't need a God. I don't need Jesus to die for me. I'm good. No, all have sinned. All mankind. All, everyone is a sinner. And, but thankfully, we have Jesus. For it says we are justified freely. That means that we don't have anything to pay. When we were at fault, Jesus took our place, paid our debt. For the consequences of sin is death. The word says that we deserve to die for we are all sinners. But Jesus, in his holiness, his perfectness, came to earth in flesh, taking our place on the cross, dying for our sin, dying for the sin of all mankind forever. For anyone to ever exist, he died and took their place so they could live freely. And there's no price we have to pay. We, we freely get this gift if we want it. All we have to do is ask and receive it. We, and it says 24, and are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. Moving on, Romans 5, 8. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this while we were still sinners. Christ died for us. Now, I don't know about you, but that one gets me real hard. That hits me home because even when I thought I was okay, even when I was like, no, God, I'm good. I believe in you and all that stuff. Like, but you know what? When I was still a sinner, and even though my sin might not have looked that bad to some people, I was in sin. I needed Jesus. And even when I was broken, ugly, all these things, God saw my heart. And God said, I can fix that broken heart. Let me take that and mend it. Let me make it new. So when we were still sinners, when I was still a sinner, Christ saw me. And his love changed my life. I said, God, come and take my heart. Make it new. It's yours. 
That's all it takes. I want to tell you that today. That's all it takes is a heart that wants to be made new. And every person in this place needs that redemption. There's no one who doesn't need it. So I want to encourage you to surrender yourself. Open up your heart and ask the Lord, come in and change my heart. Make me new. Take my brokenness. Set me free from my sin. Because let me tell you something. If you don't have Jesus, you're a captive. You're being held captive by sin, and God has a purpose for your life, for every single one of you. Whether you feel like you belong here or you don't, whether you want to exist or you don't, God has a plan for your life. And Christ died for every one of you. So this morning, I want to encourage you, if you have issues in your heart, if you have brokenness in your heart, if you haven't given your life to Jesus, surrender your life. Ask him into your heart. Ask him to change you and set you free from sin, death, all of it. And he loves you. He has a plan and purpose for each and every one of you. Um, at this time, um, if you guys want to stand with me. Father, we just thank you for who you are, that you are a good God. And there's no one like you. Jesus, thank you for taking my place, taking our place, the place of all mankind. Lord, while we were still sinners, God, when we didn't deserve you, you took our place, Lord. Jesus, you are so faithful. God, even when we don't see how you could use us, God, you use us, God. Even when we don't understand how, God, you could do something beautiful, God, you can make all things beautiful. So right now in this place, I just ask, Lord, for the lost souls, God, those who have not reconciled before you, Lord, whether it be a broken family, whether the clinging to excuses, God, whatever it might be, that they be able to see their sin for what it is. They be able to see you for who you are, for you are good and you are love, you are life. In the name of Jesus, I just ask right now, Lord, that you begin to do a work in our hearts, Lord. Hallelujah. In your beautiful name, Jesus, we pray these things. Amen. I want to encourage you, if you do want prayer and if you're interested in knowing how to be discipled, what a life, a Christian life looks like, we have some prayer workers over here, Salvador and Jessica. They would love to pray with you. So we're going to have, in a few minutes, have a time of fellowship. So please feel free to take some time and speak with them. They would love to pray with you and pour into you. Um, at this time, as a church, we like to recite our creed. This is a statement of what we believe in, and it's a reflection of our Christian worldview. So as a church, we're going to say it together on the count of three. Say it with me. One, two, three. I believe in one God and creator who is the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, the Father who so loved the world, the Son who purchased my salvation in his death burial and resurrection and the holy spirit who makes me new and abides in me forever i believe in the perfect holy bible that reveals god's purposes and plans for my life i believe in the second coming of jesus who will judge the living and the dead i believe in the eternal reward of believers in jesus and the eternal punishment for all unbelievers in jesus I believe in the United Church of Jesus Christ, built upon apostles and prophets, elders and deacons, in which the gates of hell shall not prevail. I believe in the salvation for all mankind. It is by faith alone, in Christ alone, by God's grace alone, and for the glory of God alone. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. So at this time, we're going to have a, some time of fellowship. Greet your neighbors. Say hi to someone you haven't met before. And please, if you'd like to get some prayer or know about discipleship, please take some time to talk to Jessica and Salvador.
praise somebody make some noise this morning give the Lord some praise look to your neighbors say it's so good to see you here I wouldn't want it any other way amen good morning my name is Nancy Wyrostek I am one of the pastoral elders here at MPI Church and I just want to welcome you here our services are every Sunday at 10 o'clock in the morning and then Wednesdays we have Kings Kids it's a ch our children's program and it starts at 7 o'clock. And I just want to really hone in on this just for a little bit. If you're an adult and you have children and you are a part of this church and you go to life groups and you're being discipled, I just really want to encourage you to bring your children out on Wednesday nights because this is their life group. This is their time to get discipled apart from just coming on Sunday mornings. Can I get an amen? How many of you guys want your children to be discipled and go deep into the things of God? Wednesdays are for them, so don't let them miss out on it. You bring them here. You can drop them off. You could get an hour, hour and a half to go do what you got to do. We will take care of them. Us and the leadership here are uh, ready to invest into your children. So please, I would encourage you to bring them out and bring some of your neighbor's kids. If you yourself don't have children from the ages of being a baby to 10 years old, bring somebody else's kids and just come and have fun with them. You can stay with them or let, again, you know, if you know your neighbor wants to come bring them too and you guys can just go have some time and we will invest into your children. And then Fridays, can I get a, what, what? 7 p.m. with Pastor Adam, holla. They're blowing it up. They had an awesome, awesome time this last Friday and they're just preaching, praying and plugging away. Again, teenagers, go crazy for Jesus at your high schools. This place should be bumping every single Friday. The lost should be here. Your friends should be here. Again, if you guys don't have teenagers, some of you guys adults, drag somebody from your apartment building and say, you're coming to church with me today. Okay, 15, 16, 17, 18 years old, you bring them here. Amen? All right. Life-changing devotions. How many of you have been blessed by these devotions? Amen. For those of you who do not know, we are having daily devotions offered to you directly to your email. For more information about it and how to, you know, sign up, please check out the website, lifechangingdevotions.com. You don't want to miss out on this. My husband 
and then um, some other authors will be coming on board just to pour into you and give you scriptures for every day. Allow the Holy Spirit to use these to minister to you on a daily basis. Hallelujah. Oh, let's make some noise. Come on, the Incredibles family movie night. This place gets transformed into a movie theater, okay? I don't know about you, but I don't know if I can go to a movie theater as I continue to have more and more kids. We'll be coming out of there paying like $200 by the time we get nachos and popcorn and all this stuff. Come for F-R-E-E free. Come on, movie night with your kids. It is going to be so much fun. And then the perk of this night is you get to dress up like your superhero. Come on, Jonathan. You know you want to be Batman. You know you want to come as Batman. So come, bring everybody that you know. Say, we are going to go watch a movie for free. We're going to have popcorn and all this fun stuff and treats. And we just get to be in here in the dark and just pretend like we're in a movie theater. It is so much fun. Don't miss it, okay? Awesome. The glorious gospel that is this coming week, Friday and Saturday, you don't want to miss it. Look to your neighbor and say, are you going? Say, are you going? Look to your other neighbor. Say, are you going? Okay. If they say no, ask them why. Say, why are you not going? If they say, I got work, say, nobody got time for that. Nobody got time for that. You got to take off. Okay. You do not want to miss this. This Friday and Saturday is going to change your life. Invest in yourself a spiritual blessing. Come to receive. You know, set aside time to consecrate yourself this week. Like Pastor Griselda came up a few weeks ago. Give some time to the Lord this week, fasting and praying, and say, God, I am coming expecting, expecting to be set free, expecting to get to another level. It's time to grow. Everybody say, it's time to grow. Amen. If you want more information about that, all those sessions are on there. It's all over Facebook. You could check out our website, mpichurch.org, and then you can see all the sessions that are happening. And then please, please, if you have not signed up yet, sign up in the info table in the front, okay? And then we just really want to know if you are going to be uh, getting your own room or sharing your rooms just so that we can help with, with the planning. So come on out for that. Amen. Our vision here has never changed from the day we started. Everybody say, love God and love people. The reason why that has become our vision is because Jesus said that those are the two greatest commandments. And we, with everything inside of us as a church, the city, and all around the nations as we reach out, we want to show the world how to love God with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength, and how to love our neighbor as ourselves. And you have a part to play with that. Our second phase is the discipleship strategy. We are very, very strategic in how we do things here at Metro Praise, and we want you to be a part of that. The first thing we want you to do is to connect. When you come and you visit us on a Sunday morning, the next thing that we want you to do is connect. Be a part of the family of believers here and get plugged into a life group. There's going to be a lot of them walking around at the end of service. If they invite you, please go join them throughout the week because you are not meant to live this life for Jesus by yourself. Then we want to mentor you. We have a one-on-one book that's called Welcome to Your New Life. Whether you've, you're newly saved or you've been saved for 15 plus years, to us, get a part of the vision. Understand the seven spiritual steps to growing in God. Let this become the foundation of your life. And your life group leader, the one that you choose to go to, they will be the ones to take you through this one-on-one. -on -one. Can I get an amen about that? 
We don't want to leave you fending for yourself. You have leaders here that love you, that want to pour into you, pray for you when things get tough, encourage you, rebuke you sometimes. But that's okay. We all need that, okay? Amen. And then the second phase of our mentorship is the 201. This is a class every Sunday morning. That's where the radicals gather together. Just kidding. 201, okay? Disciples that make disciples. Jesus came and he made 12 disciples. And then he told us to go into the, all the world, preach the gospel, okay, and make more disciples. So if you want to be a disciple maker, make some noise this morning. Amen. And then we want to send you out to preach the gospel to all the lost. How many of you guys want to do that? It's not about us four no more. We have to preach to all the lost hears the good news of Jesus Christ and him coming to save us. Amen. And then our goal is to have 100,000 churches in Chicago, 100,000 disciples in Chicago with 50 churches all around this city and 500 around the world. If you believe that by the mighty power of Jesus Christ, we can do that and transform the nations. I want to get a big hallelujah from, from you and some noise. Clap your hands. Come on. Clap your hands. 100,000 disciples. And guess what? We cannot do that without each and every one of you sitting here. So it's time for you to get out of yourself into Jesus, allow him to transform you because we have a long way to go, but by the power of God, we can do it. And every single one of you have a, a role to play in Jesus coming back. So we got to get people ready. Amen. Hallelujah. Jesus, he's so good. Ties and offerings. As you prepare to give this morning, the envelopes I believe have already been passed out. At Metro Praise, we believe in tithes which is 10% of your total income. That belongs to Jesus. He can ask for all of it, okay? Everything we have belongs to the Lord, but all he asks to fulfill his kingdom on this earth is for us to be faithful with the 10%, and then missions offering are gifts that you give above the 10% that are between you and the Lord. The Bible says that he doesn't want compulsive givers. He wants cheerful, joyful givers. So I encourage you to do that today and be faithful with all that God has given to you. And I want to share Philippians 4 with you quickly. 4.19, it says, And my God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. So as we are faithful to the tithe, as we're faithful to the offering, whether it's the mission, whether it's the building fund, I want to encourage you, as Paul encouraged the churches, as he challenged them to give, to take care of the needs of the people, he says, my God will meet all of your needs according to his glorious riches. Amen. How many of you guys want God to take care of you? Instead of trying to make it on your own, God in his glorious richness will meet all of your needs. Well, we got to put him first. Amen. Why don't you all stand up to your feet? You could also give online if it's more, um, you know, convenient for you to do so. We have the uh, bill pay, the, the Chase Quick Pay. That's more preferable for us, but we have that available to you if you desire to do so. Amen. On the count of three, we want to recite this scripture together. Speak it out in the air. Luke 6, 38. One, two, three. Give, and it will be given to you a good measure. Pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. 
Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you for this time. We ask, God, that we would continue to be faithful to what you've given to us. God, we know that we are blessed to be a blessing and that you give richly back to us. I pray, God, that as we give, that it would be out of a cheerful heart and that you would meet all of our needs according to your glorious riches in Christ Jesus. Amen and amen. Come forward as you give. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. How many of you guys are excited to be in the house of the Lord this morning? That, that didn't sound too enthusiastic. How many of you guys are excited to be in the house of the Lord this morning? This is God's house. We worship Jesus, if you haven't noticed, and we love him. Amen. My name is Pastor Adam Nevis. I'm a youth pastor here, um, and it's my time, or my uh, uh, time of the week, rather, to give you the word of the Lord. And I'm going to be talking about our commitment to discipleship. And so before we get started, you guys can open up your Bibles. How many of y'all brought your Bibles? Y'all came to church this morning. Bring your Bibles. Dust it off. Take off those spider webs. Come on now. Mark chapter 2, verse 13. And I want to give you a little story uh, about uh, when I went to India. We're talking about our commitment to discipleship. And I want to share a little story. Uh, back in 2011, a group of us, Pastor Joe, uh, Pastor Nancy, myself, uh, and Christina, uh, we had traveled across the sea, okay, and we went over to India, and I remember I had never been to a place like India, okay, I've been to Puerto Rico, I've been to Mexico, but this was something totally different, and I went out there, I remember like the first couple of days I got sick, I started losing some weight, I had to get adjusted to the food, I'm just like, dear Lord, how are you going to use me while I'm out here, and and as I got better, we went and traveled down to southern India. And I remember at that point in time, Pastor Nancy uh, was becoming a little ill. And that day, we were going to be going out to the villages. And Pastor Joe, like any good pastor, comes up to me. Hey, son, you know, guess what? I'm like, what? You're going to be preaching today. Oh, you just told me right now. I got to get ready. He's like, no, no. God's going to give you a word. And I'm like, amen. So we're in the car. and We're traveling. I'm like going through my Bible like, God, I got to speak to these people. Like, I'm not from here. How am I going to relate to them? What can I tell them that they can understand that I know what they're going to in the turn of Jesus? You think it might be as simple as say, hey, live for Jesus, but it's not. Because sometimes they can look at you and be like, you don't know nothing about me. How can you say that? As a matter of fact, you ever told somebody about something like you think, you, like, man, I know what you're going through. Let me tell you about this. And they come back and tell you, like, listen, it's not like that. And so I'm over there, and these people that, like, third world countries, I don't know what it's like. And I'm praying, like, God, Holy Spirit, give me a word. And I'm over here driving, and we're in the car. And, and I remember the Lord leading me to this passage in Mark 2, chapter 13. And, and it was as simple as this. Me, Mexican, Puerto Rican, all right, you know what, grew up in Humble Park, went to Lane Tech, played baseball. They don't got baseball over there. I'm like, you guys play baseball. I couldn't use any sports analogies because I love doing that. You know, I was giving some help saying, you know, talk about farming because they have that agriculture. That's their economy. And I'm just like, okay. But the Lord led me to this passage. Let's go ahead and read in Mark 2, 13. It starts off like this. The calling of Levi. Once again, Jesus went out beside the lake. A large crowd came to him, and he began to teach them. As he walked along, he saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus, sitting next to the tax collector's booth. 
follow me, Jesus told them. He said, follow me. And Levi got up and followed him. And I remember when the Lord brought me to this passage, God spoke to my heart. The Father said, listen, I want them to be my disciples. I want them to know it's a wholehearted commitment in following me. Tell them that. Tell them that. And I started beginning to realize, God, I trust you. I didn't know many examples. I, I'll try to be funny, but that wouldn't work. And I remember the Lord using that because God, in his word, he says he wants to make disciples of all nations. And the Holy Spirit was going out and touching people's lives. And I'll tell you what, our commitment to discipleship is not just simply because our church says so, because we say it every morning on the, on the screen. It's because God, his heart, the Father's heart, he desires it for you. Amen. I want to give you a working definition of what a disciple is. Because in our understanding, I think that many of us have the wrong definition of what a disciple is. You see, when we come to Christ and when we come to church, we get excited. We fall in love with Jesus. We see that our sins keep us separated from him. And we give our lives to Christ. Amen. If you've given your life to Christ by a loud shout on the count of three, I want you to say amen. One, two, three. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. So we've given our life to Christ. Now what? Now what? You see, now today in the church, we, we kind of equivocate that being a disciple means you attend a lot more functions. Like I'm going to go to the barbecue. I'm a disciple. I'm going to go to the, the, the softball game. I'm a disciple now. And I want to give you this definition of what a disciple is. Biblically, it says becoming a complete and competent follower of jesus christ it is about being and reproducing spiritually mature zealots for christ spiritually mature zealots you get excited about jesus that when you come in here you know that man you know what before the pastor says anything before the worship starts god is living inside of me and i'm meeting with the body of believers and he's wanting to do something that i'm going to grow that i'm not going to say this is where i'm at because of x y and z but god has something for me and he wants me to grow amen there's two processes. When you think about discipleship, I'm going to give it to you like this. And if you're taking notes, you can write it down. I don't have any notes for you on the screen. It's all here in the pad. So if you guys just hit listen up and take good notes. You guys can catch it. Here's the first thing. The process involves two complementary components. Number one, becoming a committed, knowledgeable, practicing follower of Jesus. Let me ask you something. Are you practicing following Jesus? You know? I remember I played baseball for about 12 years in my life. And, you know, in order for me to say I'm a baseball player, I'm good at it, I know how to play the game, it's because I practice. It's because I'm devoted to it. I wake up early, practice after, I stay afterwards, and, and I take more ground balls, and I, and, I, and I work on my stance and my swing. And, and let me ask you something. Being a disciple isn't simply coming to a church or midweek service or wearing a cross around your neck. Hello, somebody. Come on. It means becoming a committed, knowledgeable, practicing follower of Jesus. The second thing in this process, what this means, is instilling that same passion and capacity in others. Come on now. When people look at you, do they see Jesus? Because coming a tr Christian, you know what that word means? We can somehow, and, and, and today in the church, we've kind of like, it's, it's become diluted. Being a Christian means being Christ-like. So that when you go back to your families, you go into your work or wherever you may be, do people see Christ? Are they saying like, man, the old person who you were, that's, that's something, you're, I don't know who you are anymore. That's Jesus. How about this? Instilling that same passion and capacity in others. How is that going? 
I want to break it down for you very slowly using the word of God. And I believe that God, what he wants to do, and he wants to bring that passion in being a disciple. It isn't just because Metro Praise International, we have that and we want to be a, a power hungry. We want to tell you what to do. No, no, it's God's heart. It's his vision for you. Amen. Amen. Listen, history of discipleship. Here we go. Jesus gives the call to become his disciple. If you guys can open up your Bibles to Matthew 4, 18. And I'm going to open mine with you. Matthew 4, 18. Good thing you guys brought your Bibles. We're going to be using it. We're going to get into it. Amen. Hallelujah. Matthew 4, 18. The calling of the first disciples. Amen. It says it like this. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Here are two guys. They're fishing. That was their job. For all of their life, they were providing for their family. They were decent, good men. Here comes Jesus alongside verse 19. Come, follow me. That's it. I love Jesus. Jesus keeps it simple. He doesn't say, hey, look, attend this, do this, do this, jump around, fight. He doesn't say that. He says, come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men. Verse 20, I love this, at once, somebody say at once, come on, at once they left their nets and followed him. Come on, we got to be just like the disciples in the Bible. Come on, when we come to church, it's not one of these things where we fold our hands and say, I ain't ready for that. No, 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 no. What did they do? They said at once they left their nets and followed him. What's holding you back from following Jesus? He's already made the call. If you've already heard the gospel presentation, Christina did an excellent job today. And if you're hearing it, say, man, you know what? I'm not ready for that. At once they followed, they left their nets and they followed him. Wow. That's not me, yo. That's the Bible. Open up your Bibles to Mark 3, 13 through 19. The call. This is the call. God is calling people. See, what's changed from back then to today? What's changed? Absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. Praise God. Amen. Mark 3, 13. Jesus went up on a mountainside and called to him those he wanted, and they came to him. He appointed the 12, designated them apostles, that they might be with him and that he might send them out to preach and have authority to drive out demons. And onwards, you can read the list of men. Let me tell you what, the call of God is going out to you today. If you look through the Bible, discipleship is not this one thing where we say, hey, listen, we want people to come to church. We want our church to get bigger and say, we're going to call it discipleship because we want everybody to join our club. If, if, if you guys are thinking that someone like, man, I don't want to join their club. Sometimes we, we treat the church as if it's a club and I'm just not ready for that. It's Jesus Christ. He's given the call and he's saying, listen, this is what I want you to be. Amen. And Jesus sends out the disciples. You know that when Jesus was here in the earth, even in his earthly ministry, he sent out his disciples. That's what it's about. A disciple, someone who's committed, following Jesus and then doing the same, reproducing themselves. We're going to go to Matthew 28, and this is actually a, a famous passage in the Bible when it talks about, you know, uh, the discipleship, the great commission, what it's called. Matthew 28, we'll start in verse 16. Hallelujah. Matthew 28, verse 16, as I get there. There it is. The great commission. Come on now. 
It says like this. Then the 11 disciples went to Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. Somebody say go. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. I love this. Before, I'm going to give you the picture of what's happening. Jesus has risen from the dead. He's alive. He's still alive today, y'all. Just be reading the Bible. That's, it's true. He's alive, and he's telling his disciples before he goes back in heaven in glory. He says, listen, I want you guys to go. And what does he tell them afterwards? Go and make disciples of all nations. Disciples of all nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Spirit. And teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. You see, when you read the Bible and you look at Jesus' call, and then you see the church today, something went wrong. See, in our minds, we kind of now think that discipleship is a program. Discipleship is a lifestyle. See, Jesus calls you to be saved, to become a disciple, not to join a program or a mentorship. Jesus called you to be. As a matter of fact, to be a Christian means to be a disciple. Let me ask you, how is it going? How is it going? The church today, I'm going to give you some stats George Barna is a man who has done some great research, and this was a survey conducted with over 1,000 believers nationwide, not just here in this city, but major cities in Illinois and even small towns, and, and he goes out and conducted this survey, and it's surprising to see these results. Sometimes they're unsettling, but this is the church today. We have to realize, man, God is calling us to something greater. How serious are believers about spiritual growth. This was the question, and they went around. They had these certain surveys, and these are the results. 52% say they have consistent effort with limited returns. What that means is means even though work, even though they work at spiritual growth consistently, they have not reached the level of maturity or commitment to maturity that they would like. 52% of believers say, I'm being consistent, but I'm not where I'm at yet. 20% say, they have inconsistent effort with limited return. Same thing. I'm not where I'm at. I'm inconsistent. I'm not. Well, hello. <laughs> you're not consistent. You're not where you're at. Well, something's up. 18% only 18%, check this out. Only 18% said they're most serious about their commitment in their life. 18% of believers that were surveyed. Whew. Can it be said about this here in the church right now that only 18% of people here are really wholeheartedly committed about Jesus? That it's not just coming to a Sunday, but that when they go home, it's spiritually developing more and more into Christ. 18% only. And 10% of believers, check this out, said they give no effort and no interest. 10%. 10%. The reasons why believers are not more zealous about discipleship, here they are. Two-thirds said that they were too busy to give the process the time it requires. Is that you this morning? Is there something more important than getting to know Jesus more in a relationship and intimacy? Is something coming before that? Two-thirds said that they are too busy to give the process the time it requires. How about this? One-quarter said the general lack of interest or motivation to grow. I'm just not interested. Jesus, I'm cool with him saving me. I got the ticket to heaven. I'm great. I'm good. I'm not interested in doing anything else. Just leave me alone. 
110 said that they suffered from personal limitations such as emotional or financial problems. And 110 cited health problems as their barrier. If you can do me the favor, you can get the vision and the strategy up on the board for me, please. All of them, when you look back and you look at the readings or even the findings of what happened, all of them underscore one path. I mean, one, one giant thing stands out. A lack, a, des- a lack of desire to be godly. That's what it boils down to. It isn't about like, man, I, I love Pastor Joe's preaching. Man, I love the worship. Man, I love. Com- no, no, no. It's a lack of passion to be godly. Ask yourself that question today, that in your heart, without me having to say, are you back home? Are you throughout your entire week, not just Sundays or Wednesdays, midweek, not Christmas or Easter, throughout your life, are you passionate about being more like Jesus? Is that coming forth in your walk, in your own devotional time? Or are you too busy? I got this quote from Dietrich Bonhoeffer. He was a man of God uh, when World War II was coming out, a man, a theologian, a scholar, he was passionate and he was radical about Jesus. Hitler was the man condemning, even killing Jews. And this man came out and said, man, I'm going to live for Christ. And he was talking about making disciples in that time, all that persecution. He said this, Christianity without discipleship is always Christianity without Christ. Woo! I'm going to read that again. Christianity without discipleship is always Christianity without Christ. You see, we have the, the vision here, loving God, loving people, but our strategy, connect. Who are we connecting to? You're surely not connecting with us. We hang out together. But we want to connect you to Jesus, mentor you, and then send you out. A lack of passion to be godly. I have 10 questions. I'm just going to read them out. And this is what I want to do. I'm going to read them out slowly. I'm going to read it out clear. And I want you to see if the Lord brings up or highlights anything in your life about being a disciple. Here are 10 questions to see how you're doing in being a disciple. You ready? Number one, are you certain that your eternal salvation has been determined by your confession of sins and your acceptance of Christ's gift of forgiveness? Are you born again? Have you repented from your sins? Number two, do you consistently obey Jesus' teachings? Consistently not when you feel like it. Not because I'm mad he understands. No. Do you consistently obey Jesus' teachings? Number three. Do you always love other people in practical ways, especially fellow followers of Christ? Are you picking who you're choosing to love? Man, that person doesn't dress the way I dress, so I'm not going to love them. Hello. Hello. Have we made this more of a social club and say, listen, I'm only cool with these people, but I can't love them because you're just weird. Look to your neighbor and say, you just weird. Don't believe him. Don't, don't say that. <laughs> don't say that in church, y'all. Do you love people in practical ways, especially other believers? Number four, have you put the attractions and distractions of this world in their proper place and focused on knowing, loving, and serving God? Are you too distracted? Is, is, does the shine of the world, does everything that the world has to offer is more important, has more glare, more focus in your life than Jesus? Number five, do you carry the burdens of following Jesus with joy? <laughs> Come on. I can tell you what, that when I gave my life to Christ and God called me into ministry, God is good. 
that does not change, okay? But what I'm about to say may scare you, okay? I don't want you guys to be scared. Like, he's a pastor. I love Jesus. I, I give my life to him. Amen. But I'm going to tell you something. It's been hard, y'all, coming to Christ because the devil sees when you're committed and you're giving your life to Jesus, he's going to come and throw every distraction, everything in your way to get you off track. And I'll tell you what, there have been times when the car fails. There have been times when you're getting arguments with family, when times when friends leave you. And I'm saying, God, is this what you've called me to? And he says, yes. How about this? Do you carry the burdens of following Jesus with joy? And I remember in those times when the car doesn't work and I'm about to like, oh, my gosh, God, I love you. God, my family's talking about me, but I love you. Come on now. With joy. Come on. Number six, do you live in such a way as to show others what the Christian life looks like? Or are you compromise when you go to work? Do you laugh at things that? In the church, if, if you were to hear that, would be like, man, that's not, that's not appropriate. Hello? Number six, do you live in such a way to show others what the Christian life looks like? Number seven, do you relate to other Christians consistently in a spiritual setting and for spiritual purposes? Do you come to church and you say, I ain't got time for that? Ain't no one got time for that coming to church? Uh-uh. They got the playoffs. I ain't got time for that, Jesus. You know better. Come on. You should know better. <laughs> That's a, that's a quick rebuke in Jesus' name, but do you come together in a spiritual setting? Number eight, are you sharing your faith in Christ with those who have not embraced him as their savior? Do you share it or do you keep it to yourself? I remember this illustration. Imagine that you have the cure for cancer. You have the cure. Like you have to give it to someone and they no longer have. Imagine you having the cure for cancer and you not sharing it with anybody. You may know friends, you may know family that may have that and may suffer through that. And you're saying, I'm not going to give it to them. Jesus Christ gives the forgiveness of sins. But you not sharing it with others. Hey, hello. Where are people going to go? Let's be honest. Let's just think like, oh, that's just their own thing. They will go to hell without Jesus. Do you share it with others? Number nine, are you helping others believe? Are you helping other believers grow spiritually? Are you coming alongside your fellow peers and your brothers and disciples saying, let's do this together? Man, I know what you're going through. Today we prayed for Steph and the Santoyo family. Man, we got you. We got you. We're here for you. God has a plan for you. God loves you. Are you coming alongside? And number 10, do you consistently seek guidance from God in all you do? Do you consistently seek guidance from God? Hello? George Barna said this after conducting the research. He says, when you are a true disciple of Jesus Christ, you will bear fruit worthy of a follower of the risen Lord. May I ask you, are you bearing fruit today? Are you bearing fruit? I think one of the reasons that we're so drawn back to discipleship, and partly because the church made it seem like it's a whole bunch of functions. It's not. It's the life he wants you to live. Really, that, that's what it boils down to. Connect, mentor, and send. We're just saying, hey, this is the practical way of doing it. When you come in here, we want God to take full advantage of you and send you and launch you out. We want your life to change. And this is the way we're going about it. See, it's not joining a softball ministry. Hello? It's not joining a cooking ministry. That's, it's not, that's, those things are good. But they don't take the place of knowing and growing spiritually in Christ. I want to give you Luke chapter 9. And we're going to be ending with this. Luke 9, and I'm going to take my time here, and I, and I want to change and shift a little bit about some of the reasons why people don't go or people don't follow Christ. 
Luke 9, 57 through 62. Amen. Luke 9, verses 57 through 62. The cost of following Jesus. Here it is. Being a disciple, our commitment to discipleship is because it's the Father's heart for us. You know that when Jesus was here on the earth, he says, I don't do nothing unless the Father tells me I do what the Father does. What do you think the Father wants for you? If Jesus was about making disciples... The Jesus is cool, but he's really on discipleship. He's really wanting to get buddy-buddy and really get into my life and really expose the hidden things. I'm not like that. I'm more like the Father. He's chill in heaven and glory, you know, in the worship. That's, that's me. Jesus did what the Father wanted him to do. So the Father's heart for you in this place is to be a disciple. Hello? I love this, reading Luke 9, 57 through 62. I remember back in the day, first reading something like this. This is about to offend some people. I'm just going to give you, like, before I read it, this is going to offend you. And this is not because I'm trying to twist it to offend you, but Jesus Christ is saying this. Listen, this is what it takes. You want to follow me? This is what it takes. Are you guys ready for it this morning? It's the word of God. If you guys got the NIV, that's what I got. So you guys know I ain't tampered with it. I ain't trying to write my own version. Jesus Christ, here we go. The cost of following Jesus. Verse 57, as they were walking along the road, a man said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. Let me paint a picture really quick before we get into it, okay? Jesus is with his disciples. Now here's some guy, he's probably hearing about Jesus. Man, you know what? This is the Messiah. He's done some crazy things like people have gotten off from their sick beds. People have been casted out, demons have been going, ah! they leave right and Jesus is doing it and they're like wow this man is a prophet this man is a man of God this one is someone different so they come and they come up to him and they say this in verse 57 I will follow you wherever you go and Jesus here we go verse 58 Jesus replied foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests but the son of man has no place to lay his head let's keep on reading verse 59 he said to another man follow me but the man replied Lord First, let me go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead. But you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Still another said, I will follow you, Lord. But first, let me go back and say goodbye to my family. Verse 62, Jesus replied, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom. This is God's kingdom. This church, this is his body. This is the purpose for what we're here. Being a Christian essentially means to be a disciple. How is it going? Let's go back and look at these examples. Jesus says to the first man, Lord, I will follow you. In his mind, he's thinking like, I got this. But Jesus checks him. See, Jesus knew the underlying thing, the thing that was in his heart. He says, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. He could have just simply said, hey, come on, drone on board. I want many people to follow me because if, if not a lot of people are following me, I'll get insecure and people won't know I'm the God. You know, then they won't believe me. He doesn't tell them that. He says, listen, you want to follow me? Listen, I, what it means to follow me, it doesn't mean that I'm going to come around recruiting people. We're going to take over this, this land because at that point in time, the Roman uh, army, the Roman government was in charge and control of, of Jerusalem. Jesus is saying, it's not about that. You want to follow me? I'm living a life 
of, of, of being persecuted, of death, and giving my heart to the lost. Are you about that? Come on. Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. Are you ready for this, he's saying. Verse 59, another man said, follow me. But the man replied, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. Now, when you read this passage, you kind of get the idea that, man, Jesus is being a little insensitive. Jesus, you don't know how, how much death hurts. Really, Jesus, you would tell somebody that? Just, just, just read that. Someone had died. A man comes up. Jesus, let me follow you. Okay, I, I believe you, you're, you're God. But first, I got to do this. You see, wait a minute, wait, hold on. I got to first do this, God. You don't come first right now. This comes first. What is Jesus saying? Let the dead bury their own dead, but you proclaim the kingdom of God. See, if Jesus isn't first in your life, but see, you can't follow him. Jesus tells him, look, whoever puts his hand to the plow and looks back is not fit. Whoever, no one who puts his hand on the plow, rather, and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom. We read that, so I'm like, man, Jesus doesn't want anybody to be saved. Somehow in our mind, we get the idea like no one who puts his hand to the plow is qualified for the service in the kingdom. That's not what it's saying. Because you don't, no one can qualify for the kingdom of God. It's by grace. No one's better than the other. It's by grace. But the better word I would use here is probably useless. No one who puts his hands to the plow, they become useless. For service in the kingdom of God. Look at that. Man, going back to it, Jesus says, look, you want to put your family before me? Jesus, my career right now is taking off. I can't be committed to you. I can only give you Sundays. God, the rest of the week, I got to focus. I got to study. This can't come first, God. My career, my family, God, my kids, I want them to grow up so they can love you first. I'm going to spend all my time and energy in them. It can't happen like that. It can't. You really missed the point. He says, let the dead bury their own dead. Now, obviously, someone who is physically dead cannot dig a grave. Hello, somebody. You guys catch that? He said, let the dead bury their own dead. What's he talking about? You're spiritually dead. You see, anything that comes before Christ is an indicator. Like, man, I'm putting this before Christ. It's an indication of you being spiritually dead. This is the whole point. Jesus comes first. Following him wholeheartedly, committed to him. Jesus is saying that for everybody here in this place. If the band can come up, please. I believe one of the reasons why people, they're not committed to God in this sense of discipleship, spiritually maturing and sharing their faith, is because of a lack of passion to be godly. That's what it boils down to. All right, let's, let's just put this down. Let's just take away all the accolades that you might have. Let's just say that, you know what, man, all the years for church that you've been to don't count for nothing. All the camps that you've been to, all the songs that you sang, count for nothing. Right now in your heart, are you desiring to grow spiritually in Christ? See, people can still come to service and get caught in this like trance and just like the repetitiveness of, I'm going to church, I'm going to church, I'm going to church, I'm going to church, I'm going to church. But in your heart, are you desiring God spiritually? Like, I want to be more like you. But the distractions of the world are taking you away from Jesus. Come on. Are you saying to yourself, I want to be godly? I want to follow him. Or are you compromised? You see, connect, mentor, sin wasn't something that we came up and like, man, this is a good idea. Connect, mentor, sin is what Jesus did. 
to be a disciple. You know what? Connecting to Jesus, everybody seems that they can do that. But it gets a little harder when you get mentored. Like, man, I, I don't want to be that vulnerable. What do you think it was like for the disciples hanging around Jesus? Man, those guys were insecure. They had some problems, and Jesus was always dealing with it. But he had the grace and the passion to say, listen, you can do this. And those same men who were with Jesus for three years, and when Jesus died, they felt like, man, it's all over. Those same men, the Bible records, turned the world upside down for Jesus. It's because they were disciples being mentored and saying, God, you're in my life. I want people to be there with me so I can do this. And then being sent back out. See, if you're just hoping that your family will get saved and just praying, but you're not sharing it, hello, how are they going to know unless they don't hear? Who's going to tell them? I'm the only one saved in my family. Hey, that's a good place to start. But it starts with you becoming a disciple. You see, we have these things here in the church, the 101, the 201. It's our program. It's the way we do discipleship. You see, Jesus himself, he's saying, listen, it's not just about the program. I'm checking your heart. Am I number one? So you can still do a program and still in your heart say, man, I'm not sure about this. God wants your heart. And see, and I believe when God has your heart, you can look at the Connect Mentor and say, God, I'm sold out to you. Because everything that we're getting here doesn't come from man-made principles. It's Jesus from the Father straight from the throne. This is my desire. It's my heart for you. If in your heart you're not getting excited for Jesus, that's a place to start. It's a place where you're spiritually dead. You're spiritually dead. Jesus told him, listen, if you can't put me first, you're not fit. You're useless. The healing power of the kingdom of heaven cannot flow through you. It's useless. It doesn't work when you want to at work. It works when you're committed. You're following me through the good, through the bad. You follow me. Jesus is challenging you today in your commitment to him, in your commitment to being a disciple. Would you stand for me, please, in closing? Discipleship is not just for the spiritual elite, for the pastors and missionaries. Discipleship is the proof that we have the life of God in us and that we are indeed Christian. Hmm. I read this to you. No one but Christ himself can make the call to discipleship. The call for discipleship is never for this action or that action. It is always a call for or against Jesus Christ. Are you for Jesus Christ or you're against him? Listen, I want to have the life group leaders come up here in just one second. And we want to pray for you because it starts in your heart. See, we have a way of doing discipleship to help you out, to come alongside. It doesn't matter you've been here to church before. I mean, I, I, my testimony was this. I grew up in church, godly family, godly home. And even at a young age, memorizing scriptures. I mean, back when I was in fourth grade, memorizing Psalms 1, you'd be able to say it and you'd be able to sing it. And I just remember, like, man, I, I thought I'm good with God. Then I noticed that growing up in different areas of my life suffered, and I wonder, man, where is the connect? And 
And I gave my life back to God, and I was radical, and I had been a youth pastor previously coming here at another church, and I was serving there, and I'm saying, man, God, you're doing awesome things. And then I realized, man, I need to be mentored. I don't know it all. And so I came, I, I got plugged into to Metro Praise, and, you know, here was the 101 book. It's for, it's for people who really give their life to Christ for the first time and don't have an understanding maybe of what's going on in the Christian world, what God wants to do. But here I am as an ex-youth pastor saying, like, I've already done that. You know what came into my mind and my heart? I don't need this. <laughs> We're going to start back here at the basics? Dude, come on now. I, I grew up in church. You know what I mean? I was a youth pastor before I came here. And, but I remember at that point in time, God using that to check my heart, to check my motives. And I remember at that point in time, God taught me a lot about myself that came through me submitting myself to what he has and God called me to. The call is going out today. He gave it in his word. He said, therefore, go. Ever since Jesus spoke it, the call was out. You're hearing it today. Will you respond? We're going to have the life group leaders come on up. And these are people that are, that are here that are going to be praying for you. And there are people that are saying, listen, we'll come alongside with you. And we'll pray. And we'll go in our relationship with God. And we'll go from glory to glory. Do you desire to be godly in this place? All eyes closed in prayer. Just search your heart right now. You don't have to fake it. You don't have to do anything that you don't feel the Lord doing right now. But he's moving and he's touching people's hearts because so many people have had excuses. So many people have said these are good causes. I don't have the time. He comes first. You're useless if you don't. Right now, Father, Holy Spirit, we know that your spirit is searching our hearts. And even right now at this time, God, God, put your finger on the things that we put before you. God, put your finger on our motives, our selfish ambitions. God, expose it right now in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, we want to be sold out, committed to you. We want to be your disciple. We want nothing more, nothing less. God, we want you. Right now, Father, we just pray that as the band begins to play, I'm going to dismiss you. And I want you to come up for prayer. And this is what we're going to be praying for you. We're not praying that you would come attend church more often, because that's good. But that in your heart, you would decide to be his disciple wholeheartedly, with no reservations. Come on, wholeheartedly, God, I'm letting go of everything I held on to. And that these same people that will be praying for you will begin to pour into your life. We'll begin to connect you to Jesus and then also begin to get you in the one-on-one. It's not a bad thing to grow. Let God do something in your life. Come on. Right now, Father, we just pray every heart, God. You know us, God. We can't walk out of here saying, man, I, I, God didn't want me to do that. God, you know and you're speaking to us right now. Holy Spirit, I just pray for a, a spirit of surrender. Come on, you have to surrender whatever it is that's holding you back to be his disciple. I'm leaving it all behind. 
All my chips are on the table. God, I have nothing else to go back to. Come on. Jesus, we surrender to you. Father, for those who are weak, Father, for those who are worried, Jesus, come for them right now. Bring them closer to Jesus. In Jesus' name, come on, if that's you, if there was compromise in your heart to be a disciple, why don't you leave your seat right now? Let us pray for you. Come on. We surrender right now. Come on, as you feel the Holy Spirit lead you, why don't you leave your seat? doesn't matter the years prior you've been to church. It doesn't matter right now. You may be in the process of being disciple in discipleship with us. And you're saying that, man, I have to check my heart right now because it's not right. are still in their seats and I want to share this from my heart that the call to discipleship was not an option let's be practical now the call to discipleship is not an option Jesus didn't say if you don't want to be a disciple you can be something else right now we're leaving this altar open for you to come up and pray and confess man it's not easy being a disciple we're saying man I want to be a disciple and I'm looking, and I'm giving you, maybe you're taking a little bit more time, but I want to tell you right now, if you're hesitant, God is calling you. This altar should be filled with people saying, God, that is my heart. Because listen, if you don't catch this, if you say, I can just skip this message and not listen, not come up for prayer, you're missing it. You're going to go back home, you're going to try to do all these spiritual things to get that filled. Like, it's not going to work like that. He's calling you. He calls you. And the many times God did it for me, I had to check my heart. God, it's not easy sometimes. God, I trust in you. I'm not going to quit on this. I'm not quitting on you, Jesus. Come on, right now with all eyes closed. Listen, I'm not trying to appeal to your emotional sense. I'm not trying to do that. What I'm trying to tell you is the word of God and his call is coming up now. So that all men of all nations can get to know him and grow spiritually and grow in a relationship with him listen if you're not going to do it here when are you going to do it where are you going to do it let us start today oh god we come to you we come to you we're going to give you another opportunity at this time listen you cannot come up for prayer and leave the same way you came in god is still god and god is still going to build this church but it'll be a lot more fun with you come on now don't get left behind. God, we come before you right now, God. God, I pray for people who are embarrassed, ashamed, maybe confused, God. We, can take, we rebuke that spirit of confusion, God. God, this isn't the option. Like, there's something else we can do other than being a disciple. God, you called disciples. You called men from their families. You called men from their work, from their lifestyle, and called them to be a committed follower of you. 
God. Do it right now in Jesus' name. Call him out, God. In Jesus' name. Transform us into your likeness, God. Come on, if you're in this place and God has touched you, even at your seat right now, would you just begin to worship Him? If you're in your seat and you're saying, man, I'm wholehearted, I'm committed to God, right now in one voice, just lift up a praise to God because He's touching people's hearts right now. Come on. God, we give you praise because the same way you called out disciples, the same way you called out Peter, Paul, Stephen, God, you're calling them right now. In Jesus' name, we praise you, God. Lift your voice. Aha, part of the song in closing if you're waiting to be prayed for there's no rush amen listen if you felt that urge you felt that tug at your heart that's the Holy Spirit and he's saying listen there's something more and it's found in Jesus Christ amen we're gonna sing this as our heart as our anthem we are your burning ones amen and we're gonna sing this as disciples of Christ no matter through it all we're sticking with Jesus we're not saying man there's something better other than a disciple no it's 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 here right now for the rest of my life let's sing it we are your burning come on lift your voice we are consumed by you we are 
are consumed by you. We set our lives, we set our lives apart. We are consumed, we are consumed by. Come we'll see it again. We are your burning ones. Every voice. We are your. Yes, we are, Lord. We are. We are consumed by you. And we set our lives. We set. Oh, apart from you, Lord. We are consumed by you. So let. So let this heart be like a fire. Be like your fire, let our lives be like your flame. Fill our souls. When every voice, so let this love be like your fire, and let our lives. attitude of prayer and an attitude of worship if you can would you just grab the hand of your neighbor right now as one family as all disciples in Christ with the same father he has the same heart for us amen let's close out in prayer this is what I want you guys to do I want you to begin to pray for the person on your right come on take the next minute begin to pray for the person on your right they're a disciple of Christ they're gonna go through some things the same way you will Come on, but Jesus is with them. Come on. He told us in Matthew 28, surely I'll be with you to the very end of the age. Come on. Just begin to pray for them. God, continue in their lives, God, that they be a committed follower of you, God, that those around them would see you, Jesus. Come on, pray for them. Come on, 30 more seconds. Pray for their family. Come on, that their passion, God, would grow. That, God, they'll get plugged into your vision. Come on. Come on, about 15 more seconds. Then we're going to pray for the other person. Lord, have your way, have your way. Oh, oh, oh. Jesus. Come on, in the same way, would you begin to, get, begin to pray for the person on your left right now? Come on. Come on, God, that your grace, God, that your mercy would follow in their lives. Come on. That discipleship wouldn't be a burden to us, God, but it'd be the call of our lives to pursue you. Come on. We lift you up. We lift you up, oh. Come on, keep praying, keep praying about 30 more seconds.
Come on. Five more seconds in Jesus. Touch hearts. Here, this is what we're going to do. You guys don't have to hold hands now. This is what I want us to do. Lift our hands to heaven. And let's pray to our Father who's in heaven right now. Come on. God, this isn't for show. This is our hearts, God. Send your Holy Spirit. Give us your power. Come on. Just pray to your Father right now. Oh. Oh, God, you said you'll build your church. You said you'll build your disciples, God. Do it now. Do it now. Oh, send your Holy Spirit, God. Send your presence. Come on. We lift you up. We lift you up. Oh, oh come on. We lift you up, Lord. We worship you. Come on. Press in, Lord, yeah. We love you, Lord. Oh, come on. Lift up a shout of praise in this place. Hallelujah. You're worthy. You're awesome, God. There's no one like you, God. There's no one like you, Lord. And your beauty, Lord. Oh. God, we bless you, God. We pray to a God who does not abandon us. We pray to a God who will see the call through. We pray to a God who will strengthen us, who will deliver us. He's our deliverer, amen. God, we place every person in your hand. God, for those people who said, man, discipleship, God, uh, I'm getting saved, God, and I'm never looking back. Come on. In closing, we're going to pray in dismissal. But I want to share with you really quick. We have some ways, guys, that God is doing it here in this church. Amen. He's doing it. If you've been in this church for the longest and you're saying, like, man, you know what we're about. Loving God, loving people, connecting to Jesus. And you've not yet joined the 101. It's God's heart for you. I tell you, you may be a little old. You may know a little bit more about the Bible. But God does something. He does humble you and he takes you through a place where you grow in him. That's what you can only get better. Come on. And then going into the tool, I want to say, God, you're not done. I want to grow. Let me tell you something. You don't graduate from being a disciple. <laughs> amen. You're always one. Amen. God, we give it to you. God, you know people's hearts, their fears, their setbacks. Holy Spirit guide us to Jesus and we believe that when you do you make us disciples of you God we pray God you give them strength courage God that they will continue God that when they leave this place they'll share it with somebody else it doesn't stop here us few and no more come on go and make disciples of all nations there's somebody out there right now who doesn't know about Jesus God is using you. He's preparing you. Come on. God, send us. Let your will be done, God. We love you. We bless you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Come on, and someone say amen in this place. Come on, give him a hand clap of praise. Come on, why don't you bless your neighbor? Come on, they probably just became a disciple for the first time. Come on, love on somebody before you leave. Amen. The band's going to play. If you're still wanting prayer, please 
We're not in a rush. Come up here. Amen.